Welcome to CinemaScope, a new podcast from True Story FM. Hi, I'm Andy Nelson, co-host of the Next Real Film podcast and Movies We Like. As a passionate movie lover, I've always relished exploring the diverse landscape of cinema. And when you look closer at the taxonomy of genres, subgenres, and film movements, you see an intricate web of interconnections and influences. This complex cinematic family tree spans only 125 years. So how did styles as diverse as the French New Wave, New Queer Cinema, and Ozploitation emerge? What cultural, economic, and technological forces sculpted these styles? And what hidden threads unite them all as part of the same fantastic art form? Those questions sent me on a journey to explore each style and trace their impacts, all to better understand the bridges between different styles. And that led me here to CinemaScope. In each episode, I'll be exploring one particular genre, subgenre, or film movement in depth, inviting expert guests to help us all better understand what defines that style, how it came to be, and what branches it, in turn, influenced on this big cinematic family tree. For example, how did German Expressionism shape American film noir? What's the difference between Westerns, Spaghetti Westerns, and Brazilian Nordesterns? We'll examine the economic and socio-political forces that birthed categories like black exploitation, and we'll spotlight visionary films and directors key to the evolution of different styles. So join me as we explore the complex forces that shape film's evolution and appreciate the diverse creativity possible in its relatively brief history. Let Cinemascope be your guide to understanding this art form we cherish how its genres blend, bounce off each other, and advance a rich tapestry of storytelling innovation. Together, we'll gain a deeper appreciation for this wondrous, shape-shifting medium. Our journey begins soon. Be part of this adventure by subscribing to CinemaScope today. Welcome to The Film Board, the movie conversation podcast reviewing the latest releases that you've seen and want to talk about. I am your host, Ocean, and today I'm being joined by the wonderful, vivacious, and humorous host of the most excellent 80s podcast, Chrissy Lentz. Hello, Chrissy. Hi! Hello to infinity and beyond, my friend. Yes, and as you can tell by that wonderful catchphrase today on this episode, we are going to talk about Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear Mission Log, Stardate 3901. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. You were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to those. I know that. Narrating helps me focus. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be, Commander Hawthorne. This is exciting. A new adventure. I'm going to grant you four minutes to be off planet, but then you come right back to us. To infinity. And beyond. You are clear for hyperlaunch. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Buzz, that was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. Buzz Lightyear to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Why don't they answer? Hey, hey! Shh! The robots! The what? What is happening right now? Alicia? Oh, no. That's my grandmother. Socks, how long were we gone? Meow, 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 meow. 62 years, 7 months, and 5 days. What? I hope you're ready for action. Because all we needed was a pilot. For what? To destroy the alien ship. I have a plan, and I have a team. Darby can take any three things and make them explode. I do this, and they shave a little time off my sentence. Okay. And what about you? Well, I thought this was going to be like a fun boot camp workout thing. <laughs> but it is not. <laughs> Did I get it? Pretty close. I need the, you know what saying, the harpoons? Buzz! Buzz, right here! The probability of survival with an inexperienced crew is 38.2%. Hmm, seems a bit low. Mission failure imminent in three. Grandma always said she believed in you. Two. That was a big swirly do. Oh, I think I need a bag. No, no. Please record your last words. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. If you are satisfied with this recording, speak or select uh. one. 
to infinity. Are you trying to get me to pull your finger? Don't fall for it. No, not like that. <sighs> Sorry, it's a thing your grandma and I used to do. Yeah. Why don't we just set the set the bar of what we initially thought of uh, think about these movies? So, so Christy, without uh, really going into anything too too much detail about it, um, what did you um, already know about this movie, and what did you uh, what were your expectations of it going in? Um, I didn't know very much uh, about it. Other than just it was called Lightyear. It was a Toy Story product. Um, I had watched with my kids because they're like just at the right age that they watched Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the um, oh the the television spinoff cartoon yeah. when it was in like reruns and stuff. So I figured it was like something along those lines. And I think my expectations of everything Pixar is incredibly high. Yeah. I expect them to give me a good product. Yeah, yes, they 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 usually do that, and so uh, they yeah, do. so they, they have a yeah. they have a, a real knack for making they, movies. They do, those yeah, guys. yeah, yeah. It turns out they're they're not they're not half bad. They're victims of their own success. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I I liked um I found that for me and I you know, I liked the Toy Story movie when I saw it with my kids. I didn't see it at the time it came out, uh though, because I I at the time I did not have kids and I was uh, you know in college and not watching kids' movies at all. Um and so but yeah, so but I thought when I did see it, I thought it was it was great. It was imaginative, it was fun. And and so what I was expecting or hoping from this movie was that it would be like um, you know, Buzz Lightyear in an, in a galactic space battle you know full of action and all the bravado that is buzz lightyear and you know kind of showing why he's the best space ranger in the galaxy so that's what i was hoping for when i when i saw this when i was going to watch this movie and we'll see if i got that so yeah <laughs> okay um so I guess just given a quick synopsis of the movie, at least where, where it starts off, is that uh, Buzz, Light, Buzz Lightyear is a space ranger in Star Command, and his commanding officer and best friend, Alicia Hawthorne, are there are exploring... Uh, they're going on a... They're in a mission on a, on a sh- ship, going somewhere to explore somewhere. But then they, they noticed during that that there's a habitable planet called... Takani Prime, and they then divert the mission over there uh, to the new route. And so they, along with the, their new recruit, uh, f- I, I wrote this down, Feathering Hamstan, uh, at least that's how... Feathering Hamstan. Yeah, fe- Feathering okay. Hamstan, at least that's how I'm, how I'm pronouncing it. Um, they, are, they go out to explore the planet. And so what happens is they, they then discover that this planet has hostile life forms that are trying to suck them down or eat them or kill them, and, and then they're going to get off. And so they're running back to the main ship, which is being dragged down. They then you know have a harrowing escape. They try to get away from it, and in the process... Buzz damages the hyperspace drive. At least the, yeah, mm-hmm. the hyper, hyperspeed drive. Sorry, the hyperspeed drive. And then forcing the forcing the ship to crash on, on the planet, and the crew has to be woken up, and then they're uh, forced to evacuate, and then they're going to begin repairs to try to then try to get back to wherever home is. Because I, I assume yeah. they're, they're humans in this Earth, but they don't really state that. So, like, where they're... Also, like, they were on an extended mission, clearly, if people are in cryos. Yes, e- exactly. Yeah, so... So I'm not really sure. Wh- I I could have used some clarity yeah, on that. I agree. I'm not really exactly sure where they were going to or coming from, but that was uh th- that that was what they were doing. So uh, the first part of the movie is a bit of a you know kind of a bit of a talking about you know trying to get Buzz's impressions of uh, really he seems to hate rookies and um a- autopilots, right? And this is yeah yeah, yeah. And this is this is what we're we're learning from him initially, and then also showing the bit of his cockiness of trying to then get out get out get the ship out when he really was clearly not going to make it and so which was exactly this it was exactly top gun right it was that same thing he was trying to pop up over a mountain yes it was but but he didn't he he didn't didn't make it he didn't make it he didn't have landing gear to take the to take the brunt of the to take the the front of the contact exactly the brunt of the contact yeah so yeah, that, and that was, I guess that was interesting, you know, set up and then it cuts to, so now the movie then jumps to one year later and they've created a nascent colony and they're ready to test a plane with the hyperspace fuel and Buzz makes one jump and after his test fails and he gets back to, to Connie Prime and he finds out that four years have passed because he experienced the effects of time dilation. So yeah. 
I guess what I don't. What did you think of this? I enjoyed the scene of him fixing the fixing uh, the problem during the hyperspace test because it showed that he wasn't just you know a dumb flyboy, right? Because he had to do you know complex mm-hmm. math with some chalk on his window uh, to to figure out the problem so he could then you know adjust the ship over. But the, but I was curious about like so what was your thoughts? I had some strange thoughts about when they introduced the idea of time dilation into this movie. Yeah, I. I thought, I, first of all, I love with the scene that you're talking about where um, he he does the math. He he has set up for us. Oh, only he can do it, right? That's why he hates rookies. That's why he won't let the autopilot do the math. He's like an absolute, it has to be me. Very much like Maverick, right? Lots of <laughs> Top Gun parallels. He's like, A, yes. only I can do it. B, no one can help me. Uh, except for the one person that I already trust. Um, And so I I liked that setup a lot. And then the time dilation was kind of weird, but you know, it, I just got us where we needed to go. Right. Where he, we see the, all of these jumps four years in the future. Um, I don't quite get why it was four years. I think that's probably just was a choice so that it wouldn't be too, too many. But it's still enough, right? It's a high school education. Uh, yes, it it is a high school education. I think that, um, you know, the four year thing you can make an argument because every time you kept failing, and that's how far you can get when you fail. Um, but the, yeah, you know, there was there were. I guess this was the first of multiple points of where you kind of had to just go with it, you know. And it, and it's it's a it is purportedly a kids movie, although really at this point, especially when they introduced the time dilation and then the, this concept, right? So the concept of okay, he's jumped four years and he's missed four years of life. Then he does it again, you know. His now his best friend's engaged. Then he does it again, and now she's pregnant. Then he does it again, and, and they're married with kids. And then he does it again, you know. When he keeps doing, he's missing out on these things of life, and so. Part of what I found interesting for, for me when I was thinking about that was, you know, there's there's pieces of that that you have to turn off your brain, and I, and I accepted that. But then there was like, well, these themes seem to be really more like an, an adult theme, right? Where you would appreciate and recognize, hey, you're passing through time and that you're missing out on all these great things of life. Because I think that's part of what at least at this point, the movie is partly trying to convey, which is an overall theme of, you know, you need to learn to try to be happy with where you are. Uh, but, you, you know, but but he kept on trying to go effectively somewhere else. He was still stuck on the mission. I'm going to finish the mission. And for him, it, and the thing that's, and he doesn't experience the same growth everyone else does, because even though, you know, the first, the the set of failed missions, I think, to, uh, encompass about 40 years of their life. You know, for mm-hmm. him, it's like, 10 days, you know? So yeah. it's like, you know, like, you know, give him a couple of weeks before he can start to grow and accept things. Right. But, and so that, that was the thing that I, I found interesting because I was watching this with all, always in the back of my mind. Okay, wait, so this is the movie Andy loved from Toy Story and I'm watching it and I'm going like, well, this doesn't feel like a kid's movie right now. Mm-hmm. But that's what Pixar does, man. Like, you know, that whole beginning from up, right. They, they, are experts at crafting and like there there are parts in each of the toy stories that are like crazy dark and really really like heady and crazy in in all the toy stories so like pixar has found this way to make a a movie that adults can find deep meaning in that children can watch and be like i like the space guy (laughs) i love the cat Uh, you know yeah my my son is 11 he was not bothered by it at all he had no questions about how time dilation works and he was you know not at all weirded out by by that element of it and he, you know, of course, was like, oh, mom's crying at the part where I'm like, he's missing out on all of her big <laughs> life moments. That's supposed to be his best friend of the whole world. Yes. And of course, you know, I'm sure that we will uh, get into this in deep, more deeply later. But I was like, they're having a canonically gay relationship. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> yes. You know, <laughs> Um. Uh, but they, I think that they just can sprinkle that into the cupcake mix. Yeah. 
and it makes it work on so so many levels. Yeah, well, but then I guess when you when you talk about that, I mean, Moswell, why, why wait till later? So, uh, so what did okay. you think? So when you say they're having the canonically gay relationship, so then does that? I, I mean, obviously, there's a part there's a part of that where that's just you know the progress of the times because you know in Toy Story in Toy Story, they weren't going to have that problem. Like, you know, like Bo Peep wasn't going to, you know, find Barbie, you know, and hang yeah. you know, and they're going to go right off into the sunset. So, so then is it, I guess then what did that, what did that mean for you? Like, what did you think about the fact that they were then doing that? Is that the core, one of the core relationships throughout the movie is, is them. I, to me, it was really meaningful. I, and all the aspects of the inclusivity of the Buzz Lightyear team, mm-hmm. right? That his partner, the only person he trusts, the, his commander, right? Because yes. she ends up being the commander, is a, a woman character of color, right. right? Who is also gay. And then, you know, later when we get the rest of the team, they're not, you know, cookie cutter. Buzz Lightyear, Maverick, white guy, hero types. They're all different and so diverse. And I just really loved it. And I am so excited and encouraged to see that the movies that are are being made now for kids and parents to see together, normalizing these types of relationships. And I know that there was a lot of controversy regarding it yes it was in the real world yes it's been banned in 14 Um, countries worth it if you want if you want our pixar content (laughs) then (laughs) you have to deal with this element of it um so i just i found it like so exciting and encouraging that you know these new generations of pixar movies are gonna you know show and celebrate and normalize all these different ways of being a person. Yes. No, and it, and it was very normalized because when they when they brought it up and and they you know said that he was, uh what is it when she first said, "Yeah, I met her 3 years ago and everything" because I, I remember I'm because you know, I'm I'm still old enough that when I hear that in a, in a cartoon I'm like, "Her?" you know, and then it's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." And then when it and then as it goes on it's normalized, you don't think anything of it and it's like, "Well, yes, I've mm-hmm. I, I've evolved enough as a person that it's like, yeah, this is all fine, you know, but it is it still was it's it's new to have it in a cartoon, you know, because yes. a lot of you know a lot of times that's that's not what, how cartoons are. Cartoons are usually very cookie cutter, traditional, uh, no, no, you know, traditional old school relationships of all of all sorts. And more people like Buzz Lightyear, you know, more uh, more cocky yeah. space rangers. So. And it's and it's like Disney has had yeah. like a history of like not necessarily being the best of uh, at like. You know, oh, we're giving you a gay character. They're a background thing that's happening over there that no one will uh, uh, acknowledge the fact. But that you didn't know that characters. Yeah, that, that there yeah. you go. That's yeah, they, they've been gay the whole time. You should, you should, you should pay, you should pay yeah. more attention. You didn't yeah. know, and it's like, well, you know, uh, for for like my daughter, especially, like it's so it's it is so meaningful to like to see those kinds of relationships, um, not only on the screen. But in your Disney, yeah. you know, in your in your wholesome family product. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, so as as we left off, it's been forty years. He's failed a whole bunch, and now uh, his uh, now his best friend is dead. Right. So yeah. So Alicia died. Uh, Alicia died. Left left a wonderful message to him with her with her uh, young Izzy uh, granddaughter in it as well and everything. And it was a very sad moment looking at the picture. They did the last infinity and and, and beyond. You know, it was it was sad and touching, and heartbreaking. And now the new commander Burnside wants to build a laser shield and. Laser, laser shield. shield and live there, right? And they say we're just going to make do with what we've got. You know, again, really going back into the theme of hey, let's just make do with what we got. We didn't plan to be here, but you know, let's make this work. And then he wants to do laser shield, which honestly, I would argue was a sensible choice. You know, g- given the planet they're on, a laser shield seems to be kind of something to do. But Buzz is like, no, I'm just going to then finish this mission. And so mm-hmm. he then has to steal. Uh, you know, steal his plane back again because he's been grounded. You know, a lot like Top mm-hmm. Gun, where they were grounded, and he had to steal a plane in order to prove that the that the mission could be done. 
And so, because his cat because solved the exactly, map, yes. you have to talk about. Oh the yes, cat. let's talk, let's talk about the therapy cat. So then, the the therapy cat I thought was an interesting choice because at first, clearly Buzz doesn't want anything to do with the therapy cat, and the therapy cat's just going to be a computer program that figures things out. But over time, and as it as it went on, it's like the 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 cat became almost like a partner, right, and, and yeah. not just a pet. And so I found that I, over time, like Buzz, begrudgingly started to fall in love with Socks the Cat. I love Socks the Cat. I deeply love Socks the Cat. <laughs> I I love the cat. He's such a fun character. Like, I want them to make a toy where you, like, click him and his eyes turn into flashlights and his tail has a USB charger. And I, I want all of that. Um, the most unbelievable part of the whole thing to me was when they they ground him, they say, like, no more for you. We're going laser shield. You're not a space ranger anymore. They're going to come decommission the cat? Yes. Yeah. They're going to put the cat down. On Earth. There, no, there's no way that two people would just knock, knock, knock. We're here to decommission your cat. Well, <laughs> no, there's no universe in which they would like be so callous and cruel. Well, they 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 feel that the cat is no longer needed because he doesn't need to have therapy to to for his mission. I think they view the cat as just what he needs to psychologically get through to the mission, not necessarily anything about him either as a person to reintegrate into society, or, or you know, and then also. You know, they may have noticed, hey, this cat is working on this hyperspace space fuel problem here for the past 40 years. And so since we no longer want that to get solved, let's put the cat down. And also, they don't think of the cat as a cat. It's a, just a machine. Then make it look like a pet rock. Make it a therapy pet rock. Don't make it a well, cat. <laughs> okay, well, I guess. You can't, you can't come decommission a cat. No. Well, I, I, yeah, I, well, they did not succeed. Buzz, uh, Buzz did yes. escape with his cat, and then they stole it. He saved the cat. <laughs> yes, and that really, it really was his hero moment of saving the cat. Yeah, and and but, but then they they go and then they finally, you know, the cat figures out the formula and also has tranquilizer darts, which I thought was great. Um, and that uh, I oh, yeah. I laugh so I love the exactly yeah. Darts. You know, I love that, and also I love how Buzz figured out really quickly well, the only reason for that cat to have one was to use it on him. So they still they still on the plane, and then they go in and make the mission. Once they get to hyperspeed, they now have a greater effect of the time dilation, and now they come back twenty two years later. And when they come back twenty two mm -hmm. years later, they are uh, they meet the the planets. Uh, let's see, the planets can uh, they are successful? Yeah, and they meet the planets. Uh, I don't know what they were calling themselves. What is he and oh the co the colonies defense forces. That's right. The junior, the junior yeah. colony defense forces, right? With that, uh, which is which is made up of Izzy Hawthorne, who is Alicia's now adult granddaughter, Mo Morrison, uh, who's a fresh, a naive recruit, and then Darby Steele, who is an elderly paroled convict. And and this, and he initially meets them, thinking, "Oh, okay. Well, then you guys are part of the defense force." They they he learns it that they've been attacked by. Emperor Zerg, and that he feels that these mm -hmm. are the people that are trying to help, try, trying to help defend the planet. So, I guess before getting into you know the the beats of what they what they mentioned there. So, did what did you what did you think of the colony's defense forces? And uh, did you have an early favorite that you know that, that got overtaken later? Or did you always love one from the beginning? I was so excited to meet them. I loved how. <laughs> funny and goofy they were like i love taika watiti voicing absolutely anything yes, he's great. um so i i i loved his character uh who was like so accident prone and so not good at anything um oh i but then i was like oh no no i love the the parolee and and that she was older and so grumpy uh but of course i loved izzy and and just her enthusiasm and her like we're gonna do it we're gonna save the day like let's get out there and do our best everyone <laughs> i was just like i love the cat i love izzy i'm on board for this yeah. movie 100 percent. so one thing that uh about the uh the defense force is um that i i noticed early on so i i live in portland oregon 
And it turns out, and this is what I, I learned after, after this, a- Angus McLean, who was the director, grew up in Portland, Oregon. The reason why I, I recognize this is that the names of these characters, so uh, there's Commander Burnside, um, and then there's Izzy Hawthorne, Mo Morrison, and Darby Steele. Those last names are all bridges in Portland. They're, 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 oh, that's yeah, they're awesome. all bridges in downtown Portland. They're, you know, they're actually the most prominent bridges. Let's see. Yeah, those are the most prominent Steel, Morrison, Hawthorne, Birdside. Yeah. I was looking for someone with last name Fremont. There was one of the Space Rangers that had Selwood, which is a different bridge in Portland, but there was no Fremont. And that would be the only <laughs> other major bridge in Portland that they had didn't cover. But yeah. He hates that bridge. He, He's not into he mu- that He bridge. must hate that one, I, which I get it. it yeah. It's kind of freaky when you drive over it a few times. I'm not going to lie there. Um, but yeah, so that, that that was like the, because I'm watching that going like, why, you know, like, why were these names all familiar to me? And it, it dawned on me that, oh, these are all bridges. And so I thought that was just an interesting thing of where it's like, so this apparently, this, that little piece was made only for people that lived in Portland. Because if you didn't, these names would not mean anything to you in a group. But yeah, that's so neat. Yeah. I love yeah. it. But I, I found that uh, of the initial, um, uh, on the initial calling defense force, I was not a fan of Mo. Um, his, you know, his clumsiness, and I mean, and it, and it's not a fan in a weird way. Like at the end of the day, they're all great characters, and you kind of go to love them all. But his clumsiness and everything of it was like, I think I was still in buzz mode, where I was like, "Hey, we're uh-huh. trying to complete this mission. Will you stop triggering this defense mechanism, uh, shooting the wrong thing? You know, the arrow of that, and everything. You know, stop getting us in trouble when we're not in trouble. Don't set off the car alarm. That is the one thing that can alert everybody to us and everything. You know, so I." Found that over time I, I i found that my journey with him was similar to buzz's where it was at first i was like you know you need to just find out where you can drop mo off so you guys can be fine yeah. and then after a while you start to see oh okay well maybe he will have some utility and value and he can he, you know he can be yeah. he can be a great character too but yeah well and he didn't want to be there like he didn't want to be there either yeah. like his thing was like i thought this was going to be a fun like boot camp workout and it's not yeah. that yeah, so exactly. I I'm all for not doing this anymore. Yeah. Um, it, it's no. It seemed like nobody really wanted to be part of this team except for Izzy, uh, because she wanted to, you know, be a space ranger eventually. Um, except for the going into space part, right? Which was an interesting twist. Um, it's yeah. it's the first word in space ranger, so you would think that space would be a part of it. Although when she does categorize all of her fears of space, I was like, yeah, all of that is valid. You, you, you know, mm-hmm. so so I, I so I get that, but then it's like it, then I would not want to be a space ranger. So she was, so she was like Rooster, who had concerns about flying, but then followed yes. into her into her grandfather's footsteps. Let's, let's bring this around to Top Gun as much as we can. They weren't this crack shot team of like the best of the best. They weren't the Top Gun recruits. These were like the people you would never want to end up. This is the police squad uh, version, (laughs) right? Where they all have like, they can't do it, you know? I had not thought of them as the police squad version, but yes, that is absolutely correct. (laughs) And I love that. You know, I love that journey for Buzz where it's like, yeah, you're so used to being the best of the best and and elite and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You got to deal with with the hand you're dealt, friend. And uh, this is a pretty wonky hand it, it is it is i think it, I, I think again it enters into beating over, over the i guess beating over the head with what i thought was like the theme of being you know be happy with where you are right that um and yeah. honestly this part is where i think that the movie really starts to uh, uh turn into being more like a kid's movie they do the the real mm-hmm. the, the 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 familiar beats right that you have this ragtag group group that starts off as a defense force where they can't really do anything. Uh, then they're forced to cooperate as you know, because they, at first they can't do anything. Buzz is always trying to save them or get away from them. And then, then they're forced to cooperate in order to, you know, get out of a d- different jam to help building up a team. And then Buzz realizes after they save them that, Hey, they are actually are valuable people, you know? Yeah. yeah. And so, so that, that all that stuff felt very kid movie beat to me. And, and, you know, and, and also, too, especially what the different things they did where they, you know, created the different traps of like, you know, the invisible gear. Well, no, it wasn't called invisible gear. It was invisible. Stealth su- mode. So, yeah. So it was a stealth mode. That, yeah. Is, I think it was a stealth, stealth mode or something similar. Yeah. To that. Yeah. And yeah. so that, and that, that, you know, he didn't bother to tell them that they had a timer because they were playing around instead of actually, you know, completing the mission, you know, and, and doing that or like the, 
I, I did not understand, but I went with because I thought it was good for the plot. The force fields on the ceiling, you know, the little yeah. of force fields mm-hmm. that then that then they would join together and cram them all together. The yes, little cones <laughs> that would just join them together, <laughs> and that was the really the first time where they had to cooperate, right? Because they, they you know they mm-hmm. were they, he, he, Buzz wanted to bring them up into different groups, and they had to cooperate and come together. And so that was, I think, you know, not only part of Buzz's journey, but also part of the journey of them as a team to coalesce into something that could be, you know, meaningful and useful for later on. But, but here, um, and so anyway, so anyway, so then they go and, um, save, not save, they find the little stick they needed for the hyperdrive. Right. And then, uh, uh-huh. and that's where they have the, the, and they're in their crashing, you know, the, the other action beat within that crashing sequence like that. And then the, and the team finally saves Buzz and then Zerg, who it was foreshadowed knows who Buzz is, then captures mm-hmm. Buzz, and then it turns out Zerg is old Buzz. And yes. yes, and so I was not expecting that. I was not either. I was expecting Zerg to be like you know a different version of Alicia or mm-hmm. something like that, right? But for it to be old Buzz, yeah, I thought it was going to be Featheringston Bergster <laughs> or whatever because he was like he had such a memorable like name, and then he disappeared. I was like, oh, maybe yeah. it's him or maybe it's Burnside. Um, but yeah, I was not expecting old old Buzz. Buzz yes, and now they've introduced a multiverse. Uh, because yeah, yeah, yeah which uh, which was the one thing about it that I was like, okay, well, again, let's just go with this. But uh, you know, I don't know that uh, you know whether or not it was. It, you kind of, I just thought I had to kind of go with the old buzz thing. I, I did notice though that I I had a little bit of a trepidation there with that because that seemed to be, uh, you know, honestly too ham fisted. I honestly think it almost been better had Zerg just been some is er, right like like he doesn't he doesn't need to be old buzz who went off in a different timeline horizon and then came back in that time you know because that's it introduces it introduced to me too many points for me to stop and think about things right because it's like okay so if he went back in time but he's from a different time how come when he came back in time he came back to this time i it worked for me though because like the the I was more there for like the emotional journey of like this is the this is the buzz that never had to like do that whole teamwork moment with some people he probably wouldn't have chosen for his team. And so this buzz, you know, and they have that whole conversation about like he's in it, he came back to that time, I think, because he wanted to save Hawthorne from what he saw as an unworthy life. Yes. Of not being a space ranger. Right and not completing the mission. Whereas this buzz got to learn that even though it wasn't the life they would have chosen or thought they wanted, it was a worthy life. And, you know, he wants to erase the, the, the 40 or however many years it was that she had as, as a wife and a mother and a person, uh, you know, um, because to him, it, it's like if you're not the most important person in the whole world, then you're nobody. Yes, right. Yes. And I think he's the most important person in the galaxy. Like I don't think he limits himself to uh, the yeah, world. even yeah. more than the in this world, that world, all, all the, the world. world. Yes. Um. So yeah, I was I was willing to like not look not look too closely at the um seams <laughs> of. <laughs> How much like it making sense? Because I was like, yeah, oh my god, uh, yeah! It's like this buzz has been on a different journey, um, and and is only really concerned about and and the other theme was like correcting the mistake, mm-hmm. right? He made a mistake. He's got to correct the mistake because he can't have a mistake on his conscience or his record or whatever. He just can't be a person who ever made a mistake. And then that ties into the Mo character who's like always making mistakes. Yes can't stop making mistakes and and um a uh, little little baby hawthorne uh, izzy keeps saying it's just a mistake like it was just a mistake we all make mistakes and buzz is like no i have to fix the mistake uh so uh, so i bought i bought into it for that reason that he was like gotta fix the mistake gotta finish the mission gotta be the most important person in the whole world galaxy yes universe. yes most important person yeah no i i did also um w- once i once I turned my brain back off and didn't worry too much about the whole time jumping thing. Uh, yeah, I, I think that 
I think they did a good job of making both buzzes make sense. It does make sense. Like mm-hmm. in the old buzz, he came back from the 22 year run of, of, of being successful in hyperspace and immediately jumped back off planet. So he did not experience mm-hmm. anything with any of the people that were there other than what we saw the, you know, on the first set. And so his entire perspective would still be like, oh, these people need to be saved from this horrible life they must have lived on this planet. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there's an aspect of that where it's like, well, you're not really all the way the bad guy there. Now, when you decide to invade with a bunch of robots that might make you a bit of the bad guy there. And that, that was like a little bit of a turn where I was like, I'm not sure why you yeah. would, uh, you know, invade with a bunch of robots, but that can only say, turns out buzzerg because they can't say buzz. And so they just say Zerg, but it, 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 there, as the movie goes on, you can tell they're saying buzzerg, you know, to then tell you, Hey, it's buzz, you, you know, yeah. but yeah, but to, to invade with that is, is a bit of an odd, to, uh, odd choice, but still, he's still trying to be the hero. He is still trying to, save them from this horrible life and existence that they had. And if he can go far enough back in time, he can make it where it never happened and everybody could live happily ever after. So, so then there's your argument for is, you know, like all villains, isn't Zerg the hero of his own story? Yeah. Yeah. He thinks so, (laughs) you know, and there's gotta be a multiverse where it worked. Right. I'm I'm sure there is. I'm sure, I'm sure there is. Yeah. So, but then with, uh, uh, but also to this conflict is the, the definitely the pivot point and the tipping point of Buzz having his uh, greater amount of growth, right? Where he does realize that their life was worth something as it was. And then that's the whole reason he refuses to team up with Zerg to then go and what, give him the hyperspace fuel so he could go further back in time because he ran out? Yeah. He broke it. Excuse me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he He, bro- he like sat well, on it or think, something. You know, this is what I gathered from that. He had enough hyperspace fuel to go back. Because they explained this part, I think. He could mm-hmm. go back like, I don't know, 40 or 50 years, whatever amount of time it was. He could go back a certain amount of time, but then his fuel ran out. And that he needed Buzz's oh, okay. fuel from his that would be fresh fuel to then go back further. And so that's why he needed to get the pilot because I think they, when Buzz got there, he took the fuel off the ship, right? When he, he yeah, when he landed, yeah. he took it off. And so that's why he needed Buzz. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, once they got the ship, he would have had the fuel he needed. He could have just gone on. But I think Buzz exactly. took it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So then there was that. But then, the, and then that sets up the big, action piece at the end where Izzy is going to overcome her fear of space and, you know, uh, launch from one end to the other to help save Buzz from in, in the big fight scene and everything, which I thought was... And to save the cat! She was saving the cat! The beautiful, <laughs> beloved cat who we... Who, who gets saved, she overcomes her fear so she can grab him so he doesn't float away into space. Yes, because he, he was he was going. Yeah, yes. No, 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 and, yeah. And, and, they, and honestly, too, I felt that that scene was so well done, not only in that you're kind of with her with a little bit of fear to, to go to jump across at first, but you think, oh, yeah, go ahead and jump. You'll be safe. So she has a little trepidation. She goes, and then when the ship moves, you are then like, oh, yeah, you're just going to go off into space. And it's like, oh, no. Yeah, how are they going to save her? And then the cats flying around. And yeah, that was very, very uh, well played, I thought. Uh, yes. Yeah, no, it was, it was very well done. And I and I did, um, I, I also enjoyed as far, as far as how things are being well done in this movie as a whole is uh, that, that ending action sequence, you, you know, the, 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 not only with the, you know, the, the way they, the, the animation did with the, with the explosions and everything, it, it seemed, at least for me anyway, it seems slightly realistic. It was animated, you know, but it was, it was done in a very, you know, really well, right? Where it seemed like even it might, mm-hmm. at least for my, in the theater experience from my eyes, it was like, wow, this seems like they, because the animation seems kind of older early on, which I mm-hmm. thought was a stylistic choice to keep it closer to kind of how the old Toy Story is, was. And then at yeah. the end... Or, and to, or to how it would be if it was a movie that came out in 1995. Yes, I think that the movie was being made as if it was uh, originally as if it was a 1995 movie, but then the end, the production value to me just seemed to really kind of ramp up to where things looked a lot more realistic and it was a much more um, you know, it, it, the the ending sequence seemed more modern and much more like you know, engaging in the, in the harrowing dangers of the different people 
also showing the other crew members that they were able, you know, the, the other crew members able to then do things to help and assist Buzz and they could kind of work together as a team yeah. to accomplish the task. And of course, like all good movies, blow up the bad guy at the end. Yay! Yay! Exactly. And then, then we will all live happily ever after. But yeah, no, I, I did really find that that part of the, the, the film that I enjoyed what they were doing with that after they had, you know, taken me through this emotional journey of, hey, I need to learn to accept my situation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah life is what happens when you're busy finishing the mission, right? Exactly. <laughs> it was interesting to me to, you know, to me to talk about this movie right now because it was a, a really, at least for my opinion, well done uh, you know, a well done basic kids movie, right? So then I guess then the one would just jump to that. So then g- given the bar you set for earlier of this movie and your expectations you have, uh, did this movie uh, meet your expectations, exceed your expectations? Was it below your expectations? I it exceeded my expectations a bunch because um, I, I was just expecting, you know, to, to have a, a cute time at the movies I, I like most kids' movies, you know. I, I enjoy taking my kids to see them, but then I don't feel like, you know, a deep attachment to them or anything. I think Lightyear really exceeded my expectations in that the, like, about-about, right, the deeper about of this, like, you know, fun movie with space chases and robot cats um, was had so much great meaning that I think like kids and families will just absorb while they're enjoying the, the fun of it and laughing along, you know? So it really exceeded my expectations just on all of those levels, you know, including the, um, uh, the, the characters of uh, different, uh, colors, different ethnicities. You got me, you know, including the LGBT characters. Yes, please. Including the themes of like, you know, living the life that you have and being worthwhile, even if you're not the the hotshot you always thought you were, you know, building a team of uh, people who aren't all exactly like you. Um, th- even Mo, like learning that he could be capable, even though he seemed to have this message constantly coming from himself and around him that he is not capable. You know, uh, it just, it worked on so many levels for me in such a positive way that uh, I thought it really exceeded my expectations. I loved it. And I, I love the cat so much. I want a little robot cat. Yeah. I, I want the cat too. If it can have also the laser eye setting where it does a little laser and then it chases its own eyes, you know, chases, chases yeah. the laser's eyes. That was great. Oh my gosh. That was the, and I want one that has a blowtorch in it. Like I realized that won't be for kids, but come on, Disney. I would, I, sometimes I need to blowtorch things. Why can't it be That's, a cat? There, there you go. And yes, that would not be for kids. The, you imagine all the, the lawyer's warnings that would come with the toy that had that ability. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that'd be great. Um, I, I think that for me, it, hmm, did it mean, you know, I think it, 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 it met my expectations. Um, it was a really great, I thought it was a really good movie. Um, I, I think that it was different than what I was expecting, you know, cause mm-hmm. I, I think the, for me, I really was expecting, you know, the adventures of Buzz Lightyear galactic space ranger, you know, and this yeah. movie was more than that, you know, and, and more than that in a way that at least for me, it, it took me by surprise because I was not expecting it, but you are absolutely right. Pixar does like the first, similarly to the beginning of Up, it gives you a lot of adult themes in a very mature movie and then, you know, hits you with some, you know, some space, some battle sequences or something that'll be, you know, visually entertaining for kids. And, and this movie did, did that, did that really in a couple of ways the, the all the themes in the early on. And then even, uh, the, you know, not only the themes early on with the life and the passage of time there, there's also the themes of, you know, with buzz and growing, which are the obvious ones. But then there's even that, uh, one thing that I, that I found as an unexpected surprise that actually spurred a conversation with my kids. Cause I took, I, I took my kids to this They were, my, uh, my boys are 16 and 13. So they were 
far too cool for this, right? They were like, of course. they were like, uh, no, we don't want it. And then, they, and then they had to explain to me that they weren't old enough to grow up on Toy Story because Toy Story came out in the mm-hmm. '90s and they weren't alive yet, and that this wasn't the movie of their youth and everything. And I was like, you know what? I don't care. We're going. We're just going to state this and check it out. Um, but yeah. then, um, and part of it that the sort of spurred the conversation was um, about Izzy, right, and her her belief uh, in trying to meet an expectation of her grandmother right and that and yeah. that it isn't that there are two different kinds of pressures you can have right there is the you know because part of that didn't make sense to, to them for verse was like well the grandmother wasn't trying to make her be a space ranger or something like that right that 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 not all pressure is internal or sorry external where mm-hmm. someone is like hey you need to be what i was you know and that really izzy's um anxiety or anxiety or anxiety or pressure she was feeling was to live up to the idea of what she thought her grandmother was because as far as I'm following the story, her grandmother would have died when she was about four or five. So she probably wouldn't have had any meaningful mm-hmm. memories of her. She had only this idea of the person she'd been told about and that a lot of her pressure and anxiety was coming from what she, you know, what she thought this person was and how that also yeah. can be a method or a mechanism to shape not only what type of person you are, but then also some of the decisions you make and what direction you try to take your life in and go in. And that was, and that really in effect, Izzy needed buzz to kind of help her get over the hump or create the experience she needed to be able to unlock her ability to meet, you know, really her own expectations or try to live up to what she thought a space ranger should be, not the least of which is going to space. Ocean, are we back to Top Gun again, where Izzy is rooster living up to uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. the goose, up to, goose to yeah. be like goose? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> y- yes, yes. We, we, we know what. We're always back to Top Gun. Honestly, if they if they had <laughs> if they had stolen an old spaceship to, to stop Zerg, that would have been even better. Then we could have. They kind of did though, didn't they? Because he he had his fancy one, but then they also had to they sort of stole one. Oh, right they from did. the junior yes, base did. station. Yes. Yeah, you're right. They did. Yeah, uh, yeah, I guess they did. I guess they kind of did still an older one. Yeah, so so there you go. So there's that as well. But then, uh, you know, yeah. But at the end, well, but at the end though, now in this where we diverge from Top Gun, he decides that when they when they accept him, and they're going to reconstitute the Space Ranger program, he then chooses his crew there, his Motley crew, as his first group that he is going to train to move forward and do it, and so. Yeah, so that way they stay together and do that. Although, I did think that, you know, you can train more than four people, right? That you could add. Yeah, you definitely can. Well, and you know, there was there was a part of me also that I think really responded to it in a way of being like, so much of this, of the like, heroes that we see and the teams of heroes that we see are all these infinitely capable, hotshot white men who are out there you know, be in the Top Gun crew and it's Iceman versus Maverick and they're only varying shades of difference in their haircuts, you know, but they're basically all the same. And you you have to, like, show people that the, the team that you never expected can be the team that you truly need. And, you know, like, I relate that to the improv world in a lot of ways because so often you know, the selections are made based on, oh, well, you're just like me and your your humor is like mine and your skills are like mine. So we should be a team as opposed to your skills are like mine. So I don't need two of me. Let me choose somebody right. who has a different, a difference of life experience, an older person, you know, difference of enthusiasm, a younger person, a difference of capability, someone who's still learning and to see that be the the message in in a, a movie like i love a ragtag team show me a ragtag team like give me a top gun 3 where he has to train more people and they're all terrible cuz <laughs> top gun floated away or something so, like so you, you want i just medi- really you really like it or uh, like I, do. I want <laughs> i want let's try to be like the you yeah. know let's see how we got there or, or whatever, you know? And and I like that about the new Top Gun too, that there was at least two people there who, uh, or maybe like, were there like four people there maybe who weren't exactly cookie yeah. cutter, 
Maverick, Iceman, Goose, Rooster, Hangman, all the same guy, yes. you know? Yeah, yes, there were, there were there were some differences there. Although I also found um the you, you know, I honestly just thought of this too when you were mentioning the different like I want an elderly woman with a different level of experience and I'm like, you know, with with Darby Steel the, 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 since they were marooned on this planet for 40 years and she was a paroled convict, right? What was the justice system like on this planet? Like, what did she have to do? Right? To, to <laughs> I don't know. They like, and they reveal that she stole a star. She stole a starship or she stole a, a cruiser or something. And then Buzz is like, oh, you know, maybe we're not so different. Exactly. Yeah. You, you and, and I. I. Well, we, and I. Yeah, I no, I thought it was just, yeah, she stole a starship and then, like, so she got, like, what did they do with her and everything? So it made me start thinking, hey, you know, in the next light year, they should really explore the penal colony. It can be like law and, or- yeah. law and order. <laughs> like, you know, the, 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 oh, yeah. and then they'll explain to you, this is what happened to Darby Steele. You know, so. Yes, law and order toy story. Exactly. Yeah, I mean. absolutely. Yeah, so they should have the themes, but okay. <laughs> so what rating would you give this movie out of a one to five stars? So like our, so, you know, since we stick with the letterbox theme of, uh, of, ra- of rating movies, what, what would you, your letterbox rating be? I would give this all the stars. I would give it all the five stars and I five would give it stars. the heart. I, yes, I think wow. this is a five is, star yes. movie. It's fun. It's funny. It's, uh, it's, you know, kids like it. Adults like it. You get, you're getting all of this premium inclusion content. Uh, and so five stars, heart. I'm telling everyone go see like, wow. That that is impressive. <laughs> that is an amazing movie. Um, yeah, I I think that while I did really enjoy this movie, I think that um, I I might be a little bit jaded now that I have older kids, and so um, I usually um, I I basically to me I rated it four stars. Um, I thought it was a I I thought it was better. It's interesting too when I said about it meeting my expectations. It probably did actually exceed it. Now that I'm thinking about it more, it was better than I thought it would be as far as story, as far as mm-hmm. themes that was being delivered, and as far as, you know, uh really showing growth in the character, right? Because Buzz Lightyear, the toy, grows, right? But it's he's still a toy. So it's like there's like a little expectations. Whereas yeah. now you're seeing that Buzz Lightyear the man is growing a different way, even though the man is te- technically a fictional character in a movie, but you know, yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. So the man is also a character, but the toy is a toy that also has his own personality, even though he's a toy. And the character from the animated series is another third thing. I've never seen the animated series. <laughs> I don't know what the third, what the, what that one is. But yeah, like, is, so is it is it, in the animated series? Isn't it supposed to be? Buzz? Yeah, in, in the animated series, it is, and it, and I thought it was like in keeping of how Disney would really do it. The movie would come out, and then they would do an animated series that would just be on TV for the kids who want more Buzz Lightyear, and that that's what it was. It was the Adventures of Buzz Lightyear, the character of Star Command, going on space missions in the galactic, you know, and fighting Zerg um, in in space. And his adventures, you know, so it it was like this, you know, this is not the toy having fun with, you know, Andy in Andy's world. This was the character, an animated character of Buzz Lightyear, which is why it's like, okay, so that actor in the movie is the Chris Evans one actor in the or the character in the cartoon is Patrick Warburton. But the toy (laughs) toy is Tim Allen. Okay. Got it. Makes perfect sense. Totally sense. Yes. So, yeah. So the actor, the character grew in the movie. So anyway, as I was saying, it was better. The growth that they showed in the, in, in, yes, all the diversity of, of the different types of characters and the growth that the main character, you know, our main protagonist goes through throughout the movie does. It it was much better than I expected it to be. And so this was a really good movie. I would recommend anyone that hasn't seen it to to definitely go see. You don't have to have seen Toy Story, right? This isn't canonically Toy Story 5. This is a whole other thing. It's its whole own thing. Like, you don't have to be steeped in the tea of the Toy Story universe to get it. Um, That's great. 
Yeah. I, I did see that Disneyland has now a human buzz. A human so buzz? So they have... You mean like a person yeah. is dressing around in the Buzz Lightyear uniform? So there's Buzz the toy, mm-hmm. yes. right? The character uh-huh. who has a plastic face. Okay. Yes. You know what I mean? And he's huge and he's and he's Buzz the yes. toy. Now they have a human Buzz who is Buzz Lightyear. Like, right? It's the Lightyear one. So it's a person with their face okay. out. You know, it's not a plastic face. It's a human face. And he's in the um not the not the Star Command uniform, but the uniform that he wears throughout most of this movie that's gr- like okay. gray and it looks more like an actual NASA. Yeah. Okay. uniform so you can see toy buzz and get your picture taken with toy buzz or you can get your bu- picture taken with buzz lightyear the human being <laughs> that's wow okay yeah that that, yeah. that that would be i wonder like would it's one of them be yeah weird. would one of them be like scary than the other or like you know because the one has a plastic face and one has a real face. Like, I wonder if kids would find one scary and the other one not, or like, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I, I, they showed like, you know, Disneyland reels or whatever, like showed the actor that they had playing Buzz. And I was just like, A, he doesn't look like Chris Evans, but B, he doesn't look like the cartoon. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing of the cartoon is that chin, oh, right? Oh, yeah, the chin is, so is, yes. either put a prosthetic chin on this cat with or a- like cast someone with a with a big chin dimple. Yeah, exactly. Because it's not a cleft chin. It's just a dimple in the chin. It's like a yeah. Kirk, Kirk Douglas situation. Yeah. Right? Is he the guy? Spartacus? Yes, it's Kirk Douglas. He had the big old chin dimple. Yeah. Yes, I guess he does. It's not exactly a cleft. This has been getting sidetracked <laughs> yeah, with Chrissy yes. and Ocean. <laughs> Thank you. Because that is like, yeah, I, I think you, I think you're blowing my mind a little bit there with the, uh, yeah, yeah. With, with the idea of. It's a little bit of a noodle baker, it, it, it right? Re- it really is. It really is. And an interesting place where we should end this thing. So thank you so much. <laughs> thank you so much, Christy Lenz, for joining me tonight to, uh, tonight to talk about Lightyear in, uh, in, the, in the most interesting tangential way possible. So um, uh, tell us what is, what is coming up next for you in your uh, podcast comedian being wonderful uh life yeah they will thank you yeah please listen to the most excellent 80s movies podcast i would just love for you to uh hop over there and and give that a listen ocean was our most recent guest on the terminator episode um and we're we're kind of like doing an unintentional arnold schwarzenegger thing because we're doing predator Oh. Uh, Predator and then Flight of the Navigator. Do you not know Flight of the Navigator? No, I don't know Flight of the Navigator. I, I was like going like, <gasps> so and who's the, who stars Flight of the Navigator? And like, there's no one really super famous okay. in it. Like, I guess Pee Wee Herman is probably the most famous wow. person. He just does a okay. voice yeah, in yeah. it. Paul Rubens does yeah. a voice. Um, but it's about a kid who, much like Buzz Lightyear, finds a spaceship and then travels through time and ends up accidentally going back to a world in which he hasn't aged, but his family is all old. Okay. That, I, I, yeah, the, this is the first, I'm now have to look up what that movie is. This is the first I've heard of that. I think it's good, but I also haven't watched it since I was a, a child. So maybe it's not, but I okay. think it is. Well, I, I, I'm, sure, <laughs> I'm sure we will hear all about it. Okay. okay. Coming up next for us on the film board is bullet train. I am ready. You are getting the new and improved me. Because if you put peace out in the world, you get peace back. I think you might be forgetting what you do for a living. Take the gun. Every job I do, somebody dies. I'm not that guy anymore. Some conflicts require a gun. Hey, this is nice. Okay, what am I snatching and or grabbing? A briefcase. You said you wanted simple for your first job back. Doesn't get simpler. You stab me? Yeah! 
will ruin your life the way you ruin mine. Dude, I don't even know you! There's nothing simple about this job. Something else going on here. Yeah, I'm not the only one on this train looking for this case. Evan, mm. where's the briefcase? Oh, it's that shit. It was just there. We are right on schedule. Everything that's ever happened to you. This is gonna sting, bitch! Oh. Has led you here. Fate. That's a shit deal. Oh, no, thank you. You know what? Do you have um, anything sparkling? That's the one. Thank you. Domo arigato. You sure you want to talk this out? Not particularly, no. Uh, okay. Thank you, everybody, for listening. To infinity and beyond. Andy, according to my friend, Internet, this is what Letterboxd is. Letterboxd is a global social network for grassroots film discussion and discovery. Use it as a diary to record and share your opinion about films as you watch them, or just keep track of films you've seen in the past. Showcase your favorites on your profile page. That is a lot. You bet it is. That's why I want you to tell our fair listeners just one thing you do with Letterboxd that has changed the way you watch movies. Let them have it. Okay, are you ready for this? So ready. I love lists. As of today, I have 246 lists in my account. I use them to track the movies I watch, organize them in all sorts of different ways. I track them by hand. I clone lists from other people. I use them to plan what I'm going to be watching. All sorts of things. I just, I love creating lists. It's a fantastic tool. Sexiest animated characters. Andy, what is this? We love Letterboxd. And if you're a movie lover, we are sure you will too. And when you upgrade from the free account, you will remove ads and support the great Kiwi team building this amazing service. Just use the discount code NEXTREEL or visit thenextreel.com slash letterboxd to get 20% off your pro or patron membership. And it works for renewals as well.